Hello and welcome to Sweet Spot DFS. I have a course fit video for you guys for the 2020 Masters. Now, what am I going to cover in this video? I'll go over a course breakdown. I'll cover course history as well as grass stats. And for the first time ever in any of my course fit videos, we'll look at shot shape on the screen. Um, usually I just talk about it, but now I have put it right next to each player's name on the spreadsheet we'll cover. You can find timestamps in the description, but before we actually get into the course breakdown, I do want to mention that Chad Eckert and myself have created a spreadsheet for you guys to use. We have a free version as well as a pay for version. And the free version is what you see on screen. It's one, one tab that has all of the information you see currently. Audio users, that would be player name, odds, DK price, average DK points, uh, strokes gained total for the year of 2020, strokes gained, I just didn't say total, it's T to green total, I'm sorry. Uh, strokes gained T to green last three months. And we do that also with approach and putting. Then it's the official world golf ranking. We will add cuts made tomorrow. This is being recorded on a Monday, so we'll have it for Tuesday. The age of the golfers, their college, their residency, like where they're currently living, positive notes and negative notes. Now the pay for version can be found on Chad Eckert's Patreon page, which I will link in the description. Um, you will get Chad's tab with all the information. He's obviously updating it as we record this video right now. He has a ton of information. He has betting um, hint or tips. He's got, uh, it's, it's just everything his mind has to offer. So he's putting a lot of time into it. Obviously we put a lot of time into this, um, but you can see everything that he's updating right now. I also have a tab uh, that needs to be updated. I have yet to put the last week bucket scores into this one. Um, but I have that information. I will do that as soon as I get done with this video. But I have kind of a, a simple breakdown of what I typically provide, you know, through my content week in and week out. You have the player name, the bucket scores for last year and last week. Obviously, I put their names last name first, then first name, their DK price, their course history. So their average finishing position dating back to 2013, their recent form, which goes back last seven weeks, overall bent grass average, 20 to 21 bent grass average. So that's all of 2020 and the couple tournaments that we've had in 2021. And then my notes on these golfers. So you'll get that, but that's not it you get one more piece of information, which is called the dream sheet, which I will be working off of throughout this video. Um, in the dream sheet, we have tournament information, which will have the starting hole, tee time, and then I'll, I'll make it simple, we'll call it a game. So the very first tee time off on hole one will be game number one. And then mirror that on, on hole number 10, because they're gonna be going off of split tees. Hole number 10's first starting hole or starting time will be game number two. And it's just an easier way to pair our golfers together. Um, it's, it, it's just simpler to look at. So we'll have all that. We'll go over some of this golfer information like shot shape. You can see what region they're from, um, you know, which college they went to, their age, their official world golf ranking. I have the course fit, we'll be working directly with this portion of the dream sheet in this video. Uh, you see last week's scoring stats, recent form averages, season long stats, and then a base, uh, a comparison between recent form and baseline. Anything in green is good, anything in red is bad. So you get all of this for $5, for $5. All you have to do is go to Chad's Patreon page and become a patron. Um, and again, five bucks, pretty nice. Okay, let's go ahead, get into the course breakdown. Now, I also have a little visual. We'll go through the master's website and look at the holes. Uh, they have tremendous information on each of the holes and it's, it's really nice. I'm not gonna play any videos, I'll get copyrighted, but 
um, we'll go through them. But basically, what you see on the screen, you can see from hole one and down, I have off the tee shot shape and approach shot shape as well as the notes. I am not going to speak much about this, but it was kind of fun to do. I, I, I can't say I absolutely know Augusta like the back of my hand, but I've watched this tournament ever since I can remember. Um, and the consensus always says a draw, a golfer who hits a draw will have an, an advantage on this golf course than obviously golfers with a fade. That's not to say that a golfer with a fade cannot win. I mean, Jack Nicklaus was one of those golfers who hit a fade. Um, I can't remember how much Arnold Palmer hit a fade, but the most notable guy is Jack Nicklaus. Um, that was a long time ago, but still, any golfer, uh, Tony Finau finished second last year. He hits a fade. These golfers who hit fades can do well, but I mean, if we look at the last few winners, if you don't shape it both directions, like say Tiger, a draw has been more prevalent and we'll look at the course history with that. So either way, I have tallied up all of the draws and fades for off the tee as well as approach. And I come to the conclusion that there are four holes where you absolutely need to hit a draw. There are three holes where you need to hit a fade uh, off the tee. Three holes into the green that draws are needed and two holes where fades are needed. Now, I do want to say something here. A lot of these holes that I say require, it's only for specific pin positions. Like there are, uh, let's see, hole number 18, that drive, you can, you can hit a draw but it's gotta be the tightest draw. You can't hit a looping draw 30 yards left. You will find yourself in the tree, but you can hit a draw. It just has to be a minimal one. Hitting a fade will get around the corner. It'll open up the hole a little bit, and also longer hitters will avoid the bunkers on the left. That's why you wanna hit a fade on hole 18. Um, but again, it's not to say you can't hit a draw. It's just much more advantageous to hit a fade. Um, Hole number four is another good example. There's a short right pin that a draw is just not going to get close to. The hole is long itself, 240 yards, par three. Hitting a fade into there will sometimes ride the ridge that's guarding like the middle of the green. And obviously, if you can be on the, the, the low side of that, it'll feed into the hole position um, that I'm thinking of. Back right, you could hit a draw, you could hit a fade, doesn't matter. Back left, you get a fade or a draw. And front left, draw or fade. Does not matter. Um, but that one position, pin position, really would be advantageous to shape something left to right into it. Um, hole number two is also another one of those holes where you don't need to hit a draw off the tee. But I'm guessing our scoring guys, you know, the guys that are at the top of the salary leaderboard, like... Rory or Xander, you know, even DJ Brooks. Hitting a fade's not gonna hurt hurt them that much. I mean, they might find the the rough, but the dog or the whole dog leg is left, so the fairway opens up more for a, a golfer who draws the golf ball. So it's going to be advantageous to hit a draw, and finding the fairway will be much more advantageous than hitting the rough. I'm not saying the rough is super penal, but Depending on where the pin position is, you will want to be in the short stuff. I mean, it's just a rule of thumb. You want to be in the fairway on in any tournament. Um, let's see here. There are probably some holes where the slopes, you know, like some of these holes where I have any, any, I didn't see much for slope, uh, like on the fairway or on the greens. I would say anything that slopes away from you or just slopes one way or the other, you'd want to hit a shot shape that would negate that slope. So if anything that slopes to the left, you know, where the right side's higher than the left side, if you were to hit a shot that goes from left to right, it obviously won't kick off that hill nearly as violent as, say, a draw. So that's one way to control. And I might be missing a couple holes here, but I think for the most part I got it down. Um, and I do believe why they say a draw matters at this course more than any. 
because some of the final holes, like 16, or I should say 15, for instance, 15, they're um, the par five. Now we're getting to a, a moment in time where we're just blasting the golf ball further and further, where the big trees that kind of guard the second approach shots might not really come into play. But in case they do, and a golfer finds themselves too far left in the fairway, you need to draw it around those trees. So I think a draw there matters a lot, especially, or I should say, as well as hole 13. Hole 13, dog legs left, super sharp. If you're not hitting the correct draw, you'll find yourself into the trees long, and that becomes a difficult recovery. I know like Phil Mickelson is able to do something like that, but for the most part, hitting a draw around the corner is going to be beneficial and not many people are going to be able to hit it over the trees except for your, you know, the greater or the the longer hitters. I want to call them the bombers, but some bombers have issues trying to hit it over that tree. But I'm talking about like the Brysons um, and possibly DJs of the world. I wouldn't, I'm not saying Brooks isn't strong enough to do it, I just, I think there's a gear DJ can get to that Brooks cannot. Um, so for those holes, draws are mat are going to matter. And those are the scoring holes, especially like on a Saturday or a Sunday. You definitely want to be hitting draws into those. Well, 13, not so much on the approach. You wouldn't want to hit a draw into the approach because the pin typically is short right, I think. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I don't think really a, uh, shot shape into that hole really matters, but obviously anything too far left will be trouble and we'll actually get into that with the hole. So why don't we actually pull that up? So this is the website you can get to, you can obviously visit yourself, the masters. Um, we can see hole one par four, 445 yards. I'm not going to do the flyover. That's going to probably get copyrighted if I were to do so. But the one thing I really enjoy is kind of this this map with contour lines. Um, it kind of shows you where the hole, you know, where the slopes are. And I I was able to kind of review it for a little bit, especially when I was putting together the, you know, the course breakdown. But when we look at, say, hole one, you know, we don't see a lot of trouble. Anything long and left into these trees here, is going to be problematic. A lot of golfers kind of, I mean, some of the bombers try to go right over this bunker. Now, if you're hitting a draw from there, I mean, you know, if you choose to try to hit a draw, you're going to have to hit over these trees and hopefully land it here. We've seen it a bunch of times. Bubba likes to hit that huge cut that starts over here and ends up landing right here. There is enough fairway where they're not going to find the trees here, but obviously if you were to hit a draw, and it doesn't go over the trees, starts further left, you're gonna find yourself into trouble over here, and it's not an easy approach shot. Finding the fairway is very, um, very important. Uh, so you could make the argument you wanna hit a fade, because anything that starts here and breaks off this way is gonna be fantastic. Again, I think most of the landing area for the golfers are gonna be like right here, if not a little bit further past this bunker. They're going to try to avoid the bunker. It's deep, um, and they don't want to hit it too far left because it's tree trouble. I'm guessing we're going to see Tiger Woods in the trees off the first hole because that is a tradition unlike any other. <laughs> it just happens a lot. Um, we can go ahead and go to hole two. Hole two is a par five. It goes downhill quite a bit. Um, it kind of has this little narrow shoot for the drive. Hitting a draw somewhere around here will hit this downhill. You can kind of see the contour lines a little bit, um, but it'll hit this downhill and continue going left. Now, nothing really pushes it right, but you have to be uh, wary of this bunker here. I do believe our longer hitters that fade the golf ball can find it. Again, a draw that hugs this corner is going to be perfect. And then you can see the hole kind of opens up a little bit. The green is shaped in a way where a draw is going to matter when it's back left. A fade is going to matter when it's back right. I believe a lot of golfers, if they hit something low enough, can actually, I wouldn't so much say skip, 
a ball back here, but this whole this whole green obviously it it actually goes from top left down. So anything that rides this ridge will actually get really close to the hole. We've seen it multiple times. It's how Louis got his um, albatross, not a double eagle. Double eagles don't make sense. I don't care if Bobby Jones once said it or whatever. Uh, that's where Louis hit his albatross. It just rode the contour line right into the hole. Um, but yeah, shot shape will only matter with those two pin positions. I think there's one that's in the front and then one in the middle or middle back. You know, I guess I would say a draw is probably most beneficial into the screen because everything slopes from left to right on the green, uh, which will negate the draw, which will be a good thing. Hole number three. Um, I'm just going to keep going to these contour, the topographic maps. Um, hole number three might be drivable. For someone like Bryson, we've seen Rory drive it. I think he's driven it with a three wood before. Um, I think a lot of golfers actually have been able to to um, hit a ball onto the green or just a little over. So it really depends on the wind. I've heard a lot of the wind direction changes at this time of the year. So everything plays longer than it typically does in April. We'll see if that's the case. If that is the case, Bryson then definitely has more of an advantage because he this will knock distance off for him. I think he would be too long hitting his driver into the green. Um, but the green is guarded by pretty heavy slopes. Um, so if you don't hit the green, you want to make sure you're in the correct spot to miss it. You wouldn't want to miss it down here when the pin is there. It's really difficult. Um, either way, strategy is going to be implored throughout this entire tournament. That's why this golf course, this is why this tournament is really good. Well, number, uh, four, we've kind of already talked about with the pin position, you know, a fade would be beneficial when the pin position's right here. Otherwise everything else, I think there's a pin position here, here, and here. So I guess audio listeners, it'd be like front, right, back, right back left and front left and the ones that are front right um i think will require that fade to come this way there is a ridge everything kind of pushes this way so um golfers will be able to get an assist um from the green especially when their ball is coming in from the left side hole number five uh, they lengthen this hole and this is, I think, I can't remember the stat, but, uh, Tiger Woods just has a bad or a very difficult time with this hole. You can see everything kind of slopes left where these bunkers are. Everything slopes left. You kind of want to miss over in this direction. So hitting a fade off of the tee would make a lot of sense, but it's not necessary. You could obviously hit a draw this way. And as long as it stays on this shelf or it doesn't really you know, bounce this way, it's going to be a, a great place to be. The green doesn't really require a shot shape, so I think any shot shape is going to be fine. I don't see any really troublesome pins. Um, hole number six, another par three, pretty straightforward, uh, except for it slopes, I think, heavy left to right. Let's see, undulating green, shifting levels, front to back. Okay, so front to back. Um, I won't lie. I don't really remember this hole. I mean, I don't see anything green design wise or slope design wise where you would need to fade or draw the golf ball. So pretty much any shot shape is going to be fine. Hole number seven. It's, it's a, a driving hole that if you look at the contour lines, everything feeds down to the right. Now, if you think about this, fading a golf ball will just kind of ricochet or bounce further right. Hitting a draw into this will keep it straight. So I think this is a hole that would require a draw, but it's not absolutely necessary, honestly. Um, it's just where, where the, the, the tee shot actually goes, how well that golfer can control it. Into the green, I don't think it's going to matter all that much. It, I mean, if you've seen this 
tournament every single year. There's a pin position that's right down here that's really, you know, I wouldn't say iconic, but we've seen Tiger Hole out there. Um, I think like Victor Hovland even was able to solidify the low amateur last year. Um, but I think this hole is too short to really worry about what kind of shot shape into the green. So I'm not going to worry about it. But I think if there was one, it would be a draw. You'd want to draw it into there. Hole number eight, the par five, that's all uphill. Um, you can see it's pretty wide open. When we look at it from the tee box, these trees looks like you have to get over. We've seen Bubba get over these trees with ease. I assume we're going to see um, Bryson hit it over these trees with a draw to hit it over the bunkers there, which you can see on the map here. Um, no real shot shape is required off of this hole or off the tee, but hitting it into the green, the green is protected. I mean, it's severely uphill and it's prote protected by these trees here. Um, and then there are little moguls here that you can't really tell. Um, but you, you kind of can with all the contour lines, a draw into the screen is just the best shot shape possible. So obviously a draw is required. And now they think about it, a lot of our par fives or a lot of the par fives, uh, at the masters require a draw. So I, that's why a draw is extremely important. Hole number nine is a hole that's not going to really matter what shot shape you hit. If you look at how the green is positioned, you'd want an approach shot right here. That way you get this full green. But if you were to miss, say on the left side here, it makes the green more narrow. Like it, it, it makes it more difficult to hit. I assume we're gonna see Bryson like over here. And I'm not joking. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, the safe shot for him is to bomb something right in this area. Everything feeds this way and and this way. This is kind of a little low area right here. Um, so yeah, I, I do think, I should say the low area is right here. I do think he's going to find himself over here, especially without any spectators. You know, there's usually a line that kind of goes with the outline of this, um, with this hole that you see on the screen. Usually that's where patrons would sit. And usually that's where you get like little bumper guards, you know, the patrons. Uh, anyways, definitely missing to the right is beneficial. So hitting a fade, is going to be fine. Hitting a draw is going to be fine. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and then to the green, the approach is so short that it won't matter either. Hole number 10, uh, it's severely downhill. You can kind of see the contour lines here. It goes downhill. This is the speed slot as people will refer to it. A lot of people can hit it with their three wood. You can obviously hit it with your driver as well. Um, but I, f I feel like we're going to find a lot of our golfers somewhere in this area. You want to be closer uh, to the green. So really golfers who can hit their driver and draw it around this corner because these trees do come into play. I mean, if we're looking at the tee shot, these are the trees that come into play. You would want to hit a draw around the corner because it, it's still, it's a pretty nice dog leg. Like it's, I wouldn't say it's super sharp, but it is a sharp dog leg. Um, that's why you're going to see a lot of golfers with fairway woods drawing the golf ball because it's just easier to with a fairway wood than a driver. But someone like Rory, I know he's gotten in trouble on this hole in the past. I mean, obviously it's the one, the meltdown hole where he basically lost the tournament. This is going to be perfect for him. Hitting a draw, a high draw around the corner. It's, it's one of those uh, good holes for him. And then the, uh, the approach shot actually... Everything slopes from right to left on the screen. But when you are looking at it from here, it's actually sloped away from, like it's positioned away from you where visually you'd want to hit a fade. And honestly, if the pin is to the right at all on this hole, a fade's going to be perfect. If the pins are to the left, I'm not saying a fade isn't perfect because I believe a fade is the safest shot to hit into the screen. Hitting a draw and just missing it a little bit will kick left and go further left. 
and you don't want to be over here because if you miss over here if you don't stay up on this ridge here it's going to go down to a very difficult pitch place so really that's why you'd want seasoned golfers playing this golf course who've been here before rather than rookies because this is a hole where you can make a big number um especially you know ask rory about that well number 11 is a par four this is where the start of amen corner begins um it's i mean we've seen a lot i i guess i've seen a lot of different shot shapes on this hole if you draw it too much you'll find yourself into these trees over here or even these ones there is out of bounds over here i can't i don't rem recall where it begins um but if you miss left it's no good a lot of golfers choose to hit a fade on this golf course because obviously being in these trees less penal than being in these trees uh and i don't think you can really hit a draw over these trees completely yeah it would be really difficult if you try to take on a draw but obviously hitting a deep fade is perfect and then looking at the green the green has water that protects to the left you also have raised creek in the back uh a lot of golfers are going to miss over here like they're not even going to try to hit the green they're not even going to try to get anywhere close to this pond because it will kill around basically if there's a long approach a draw is going to be required and really a draw is just going to push further left which gets dangerous but it can also be the only way to get it close to the hole is by hitting a draw so i think approach shots you do want to hit a draw Uh, hole number 12, par 3, 155 yards. This is where we saw Finau, Poulter, and Molinari kind of ruin their chances of winning this tournament by hitting it into Ray's Creek. It's a very narrow um, landing area. You have this peanut-shaped green that, I mean, TV doesn't do it any justice. It is extremely narrow to hit. And I guarantee you, if you try hitting that shot, it, you will be lucky to actually get it on the dance floor because it it takes a lot of precision but no shot shape is really required honestly you know i i wouldn't even say you need to hit a draw to left pins or a fade to right pins it's so short that you any shot shape should be able to retain or stay on the on the on the green once it makes its pitch mark so i'm not gonna say a shot shape matters doesn't really matter I'm going to try going a little quicker throughout this. Uh, hole 13, we all know it. It's it's a very iconic hole. Sharp dogleg left. We've seen DJ and Rory over in this vicinity before with drives going over the trees. Um, basically, everyone's going to want to hit a draw because if you don't, if you miss with a fade and you're over here, you're in trouble. But obviously hitting a draw around the corner is perfect. Everything slopes towards uh, Ray's Creek. You can see right here. Um, actually, I'm not sure if this is Ray's Creek. I think this is just a tributary. This is obviously Ray's Creek right here. Um, either way, everything slopes this way. All of the approaches are, the ball is going to be above right-handed golfer's feet and below left-handed golfer's feet, which will just promote a right-to-left shot shape. The green is kind of shaped to hit the opposite shot shape. If golfers can, if they can somehow maneuver a drive to be as close to the rough on the left side as possible, that's where the flattest lie is. I don't necessarily think, you know, when golfers do that, I think a lot of it's by luck. It's really difficult to do. I mean, most golfers are just happy to get in the fairway and not in this pine straw over here. Um, so either way, a draw is going to be required and an experienced golfer with slopes is going to, you know, it's going to be the most advantageous for him for approaches into the screen. It's really tricky uh, because everything wants to pull left. So that's again, where the rookies it's hard to, you know, kind of go all in on a rookie. You just don't know what their performance is going to be. Um, but anyways, I think a draw very advantageous for that hole. 
Hole number 14. 440 yards. I think there's no bunkers. Yeah, zero bunkers on this hole. Any tee shot, any, any shot into the green. It contours from front or back left to front right, so everything will fall to the right. We could say a draw is perfect for this hole because obviously it'll fight that contour uh, while as a fade may just kick further right or spin further right. I'm not going to really say one shot shape really matters over another on that one. Hole 15 is uh, another iconic hole, uh, par 5 at Augusta. Most of them are very, I wouldn't say iconic, but the la the two on the back nine, very iconic. And this is obviously um, no stranger or whatever you want to call it. it. It's a very rewarding hole. But it can be very um, daunting and it can be very um, penal. I mean, we've seen Tiger lose his Masters on a Saturday by hitting the the pin on his approach shot, going into the water and then not dropping in the right place and admitting that he he didn't try to, which is against the rules. Um, can't remember what he ended up making. I think it was an eight or a nine, and that just took him out of contention. But any drives that find themselves behind these cluster of trees, that's going to require a draw to hit into the green. Um, I do believe a draw is probably one of the more beneficial ball flights on this hole, but you can miss anywhere on the right side here and be just fine. You'll get a, a flatter area up here, um, and this is really the higher point of this hole. So it, it provides kind of the best placement uh for an approach shot obviously the closer you get to the hole the more lofted club you're going to have in your hand the higher you're going to get to be able to get the ball regardless of this down slope that's what you see on the screen this is all funneling down towards the water um either even with a downhill lie a wedge or another high lofted club is going to be better than hitting a five iron from back here so it just depends on really how accurate you can be because this is a very narrow shoot. So anyways, I think a draw is very important for that hole. We get to the iconic par three hole 16 where that pin position, we all know it right over here. Hitting any shot shape into this green is going to be fine because to get to this, all you have to do is ride the slope. That'll bring it there. That That's it. Like... You don't need to carve a shot into the screen. Likewise, you don't need to repel against the water. It's just not going to matter. Many people have seen this hole, know what it does just by their memory alone. You don't even have to play this hole to know it. Um, so no shot shape required there. Um, hole number 17 that used to have a huge tree in the middle called the Eisenhower tree. Uh, it got removed because I think it got struck by lightning, but really no shot shape is really, it's not required off of the tee, nor is it really required into the green. The green does have several different slopes. It's just going to take knowledge. You don't need to hit a draw into one slope or hit a fade into another slope. The pins will be pretty close to a lot of these, um, these contours, these ridges and it's just knowing how to play them. I don't, a shot shape's not going to matter. The last hole, hole number 18. Uh, for me, I believe like this is your shoot that you're trying to hit through. You, to me, you want to hit a fade around this corner because you want to try to avoid those bunkers which are straight in your sight line. And hitting a draw doesn't, you know, it's so difficult to hit a draw. You'd have to line up over on the left side of the tee box flirt with the trees on the right side here and then hope you don't hit it far or hit it too far to go in the bunkers. The hole actually does stretch around these trees a little bit so you could hit a hook and still be okay. But there is a pine straw and I believe a tributary somewhere over in here. Um I can't remember who in recent memory hit it over there but that was the first time I knew there was water over there. Either way, it shouldn't be in play. You want to hit a fade off of the tee uh, and then into the green. It's not going to matter. So you can obviously see 
Here's where you'd want to hit the fade somewhere in this area here. These trees kind of come out a little bit and you don't really want to be stymied by any of these trees, which we kind of see year in and year out. Um, I believe if you hit a shot right here, you have 200 yards in. I could be wrong. Maybe it's this bunker. It's 200 yards from here. Um, and I'm not sure what kind of drive this is. I think it's like 260, 270, but this is all uphill. So it's not really going to release. Um, but I believe like 300 will get you here, which I, I think you want to hit a fade. Cause if you don't, you will catch the, uh, the bunker. So that is the conclusion of the course breakdown, which goes hand in hand with this. Let's go ahead and get into the spreadsheet. Look at all the golfers. So first let's look at course history, break it down by that. Um, this is the, the dream sheet that you can get from Chad and I by becoming a patron on his Patreon. Looking at course history, top to bottom, no surprise, Jordan Spieth. Now, Jordan's not really coming in with very good um, recent form, but, you know, it's Spieth at the Masters. His worst finish, I think, is 19th. So where are you, Jordan Smith? Okay, so it's 21st last year. I was off by two places. Um, and and here you can see also the average finish finishing position to go along with their finish their finishes. Can make a strong case for uh, Lee Westwood. I personally am not. I I don't care to play uh, Lee Westwood. It would be nice to see him do well. But I believe time really already caught up to him. Um, and, I mean, if he can finish top 10, he'll pay off his price tag. Even if he finishes top 20, he'll be great. I just don't see it. So I'm, I'm not going to – I'm fading uh, Lee Westwood. You can see Rom has decent course history, as does Tony Finau. I mean, Tony's first – uh, event here he he got 10th place so things are looking good for tony finau but look at all, all the big names up here you have jordan spieth tony finau john rom tiger rory brooks kuchar to some extent a big name uh justin rose adam scott jason day dustin or justin thomas dustin johnson ricky fowler xander shoffley I mean, Xander had a second place last year, 50th the year before, which obviously hurts his um, course history. I believe Xander's one of the better course fits at this. And then there's Big Bad Bryson um, down here. He would be the 20th best uh, golfer in the field for course history. And it's not really that far off of, say, Dustin Johnson. It's five points off of him. Um, and it is... I guess 10 points off of Justin Rose. But either way, those are your top 20 when it comes to recent form. Let's go ahead and get back. Or not recent form, course history. Let's get back here. You can obviously see those same stats, the same people show up. Um, I guess we are missing Bryson on that one. I wonder... Oh, it's because of my headers that I have here. So that's your course history. Let's go ahead and look at... Um, actually, let's go back. Uh, let's see here of golfers who have more than say two. So we're going to get rid of Xander more than two and Tony, um, events. What golfers have the most top 10 finishes? It's Lee Westwood. It's Rory McIlroy. Like Rory is phenomenal at the masters 21st last year. Not good, but I mean, uh, Rory just, the shot shape is perfect. You know, you could put a narrative with it. He now has a kid. Same thing happened with, with Sergio when Sergio won. Um, you know, does the does the new kid kind of take, you know, precedence over the golf game? Are you just not as serious? You know, because this is a, a golf course that can play mind games with you. 
And if you have a clear mind or a mind that does not so much care, you know, the result is just coming back home to your family. Maybe that clears things up for Rory. I'm not, I'm not taking that narrative. I already like Rory at this tournament, but I'm just presenting it to you guys for something to think about. Um, Jordan Spieth. Okay, so those are the only two golfers that have five or more top 10s. Jordan Spieth would be next with four top 10s. Now, my stats only go back to 2010, so Tiger obviously has more top 10s than this, but you know Jordan Spieth is tied with Tiger from 2010 and on. Um, and Jordan didn't even start playing this until 2014. That just shows you how good uh, Jordan Spieth is or at this track. So you can see all the top 10s up here. I'm not going to go over all of them. Video would take way too long. So let's go ahead and select everyone once again and sort by average. Let's just go ahead and get into the spreadsheet. So we went over course history, but you kind of have to pair that with Bentgrass stats. Um, primarily because we can kind of make golfers that have great overall Bentgrass stats, which it's funny I put on uh, Lee Westwood. That's not so good. But like we can kind of compare course history to bent grass and if the course history is worse than the bent grass we might give them a leg up likewise if the course history is um better let's see how did i say that if the bent grass is better than course history okay and then if course history is better than bent grass you know perhaps we can kind of see like I want to use the word regression, but I think that's, I think it's negative regression or, re, or where it's coming back to the mean a little bit. Um, so we can obviously analyze that here. You know, DJ 24.5 at, at this tournament, he has a 25.42 average bent grass. I'm going to actually take back what I just said because overall bent grass, no one has extremely good bent grass, but you can obviously see John Rom has amazing bent grass stats as well as course history and then followed by Rory. Rory's just a couple points behind John Rahm. Um and you can see the, you know, percentages and for top 10, how many times they finished top 10, and you can see the um recent form bent average which I go all of 2020 and then the few tournaments that happened in 2021. John Rahm should actually be the thumbnail of this video he should be the best course fit for this the only reason i didn't get it, give it to him is because his primary ball flight is a fade uh he can shape it both directions but if we take into consideration his last event which was the zozo championship he had a chance to win the tournament with three holes left to go uh he was faced with a par five in an approach shot where he tried hitting a draw into the green it came up woefully short and in a bunker. He ended up getting, uh, yeah, he ended up, actually, I think he bogeyed that hole. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he bogeyed it. So he had a shot to hit it in or on the green in two, but finished with a six, primarily because he could not hit a draw into the green. So we'll see if that really matters. He's had a couple weeks off to, um, you know, either work on that type of or that part of his game or really just hone in his game. Either way, John Rahm and Rory McIlroy, fantastic plays in my opinion. Really interesting to see Hideki Matsuyama up here, but his bent grass stats are really good as well. That isn't so much surprising. Um, yeah, we can go ahead and filter. So you already see overall bent. Everyone on the screen, this is your top 19. Uh, because of the headers, you can't really see top 20, but Tommy Fleetwood would be the 20th uh, ranked bent grass golfer overall in the field. Jordan Spieth we see, Justin Rose, DJ, Jason Day. Um, a lot of high, um, a lot of elite golfers. Your best recent form, or just, just recent bent grass average, again, 2020 to 2021, Xander Shoffley, 
12.45 over Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is a favorite pick of a lot of people this, this week, and I think for good reason, but I think there are better course fits than Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas can work uh, the golf ball in both directions, but his primary ball flight is a fade. The guy who has better bent grass stats than him for recent form, Xander Shoffley, his preferred shot shape is a draw. Um, and I would take Xander over Justin Thomas. So I think the best way, the best thing to do from here really is kind of combine everything that I've gone over in my previous videos. And if you haven't seen them, um, obviously just visit my YouTube page. You can see I, I created a master's playlist. Go ahead and play them all. Um, a couple of them are talking about the spreadsheet, but I now, this is the third video that I have up for the masters and strictly for the masters. Um, I believe it's three. I can't remember off the top of my head. One, two, two videos. This is, yeah, this is the third one. Sorry. So I did a salary breakdown. I did a um, bucket system video. And now this one, the course fit video. So go ahead, check those out. But what I want to do is use the bucket system, kind of what we talked about. I only want to look at last year fours because this was a big one. It was last year fours, last year or last week ones. But I'm going to go ahead and keep everyone on here. I'm just going to grab the golfers that draw the golf ball. And then we'll look at um, course history. Jordan Spieth is at the top of this list. He is a 4-3 though. We've only seen one 4-3 happen over the last seven years. We're probably going to see another 4-3 because Jordan does excel at this tournament. I'm also reserved about Jordan. So I'm not going to play him in a lot of lineups. I'll try to figure it out. And we'll figure it out tomorrow on the strategy video when um, I end up going through that one. But to me, it's Rory. Like, Rory is my favorite golfer uh, within this field. I don't know why I just did that. There we go. Um, the bent grass stats. I mean, he overtakes Jordan with the best bent grass stats. I guess Patrick Reed has better recent bent grass stats than him, uh, but just barely. And Rory has the most top 10s on bent grass surfaces. So... You know, when it comes to a 4-1, like Bryson DeChambeau is someone that I am considering just because of how his length might make this course easier for him. Um, if you, like, really this course is not set up for, like, for defenses against Bryson's length. It, it did, and it has been for golfers who are hitting the ball 300 to 320, but this guy is carrying it 360. So there really isn't anything that is going to stop Bryson unless it's bad, you know, bad weather and just a lot of, you know, resistance against his ball flight. So I don't know. I think a lot of people are going to miss out on Rory and I think this is a fantastic time to play Rory. I I just think he's the best course fit for this course. Four ones are a valuable bucket you know, a bucket combination, and he, to me, would be the leader of that bucket combination. Also, let's do a, let's do one more thing. I, I do want to conclude this video soon. I want to, well, we can keep it on draws, actually. That's what I want to do. Uh, draws and blanks, because there are some golfers I just have not had the time to review. So, like, Bern Wiesberger, Eric Van Ruyen, Matt Wallace and Siwoo Kim. I think Siwoo, I, I think he hits a fade, but I'm just not positive. I also think Jimmy Walker hits a draw, but I do know he was trying to hit a fade for the longest time. I don't know if he's changed his ball flight. Either way, I want to keep the draws up here. So I want to find a golfer that has good course history but might be a little bit on the cheaper end and maybe someone who has a value. Let's go ahead and filter by value um, because all this is telling us the value part of it is 
the fantasy points per game that he scored versus his salary. So let's go ahead and go greater than or equal to 85.85. See what we end up getting. Um, it shortens it up a little bit. I think now we have 19 golfers in this pool. Um, I'm already Xing out all of the last year fives. Not going to play any of those golfers. But when we do this, I think Xander is the man. Like Xander has obviously good value, his price versus his points, super good course history and bent grass results. Um, I guess the next golfer I, I that looks appealing would be Burn Beesberger, and I don't know what ball shape, you know what what shot shape he ends up hitting but just looking at course history those are good golfers and then these three or these five golfers down here are interesting as well so i think uh max homa actually he can shape it both directions but he ends up hitting a draw sebastian muñoz seems like a pretty decent play um he also hits a draw so a lot of good, compelling golfers down here just to like round out your lineup if you needed um, anyone cheap. But I just wanted to try something by, you know, golfers who hit a draw versus those that, that don't to see if we can find anyone that's down here worth value, basically. But I think that's going to be it. I think I'm going to call the video there. Uh, I still have a strategy video I'm going to be doing tomorrow which will incorporate all of this and we'll find you know a good core of golfers to to choose from to use in our player pools and to create lineups so hopefully you guys enjoyed please leave a like comment subscribe all that good stuff and i will see you in that strategy video tomorrow all right bye